welcome to another edition of the Game Sense podcast brought to you by Rookie Me Central. I'm your host, Michael Alvaro. Today, we've got an action-packed show. Of course, we're going to be going over all things AFLW and taking a look at the State League action. I'll be joined later by Elise Collette and Peter Williams, so let's get stuck straight into it. All right, so first up, of course, I'm going to introduce Elise Collette, our women's football analyst, to talk thing, uh, all things excuse me, AFLW. How are you today, Elise? Good. Thank you for having me. Absolute pleasure. As always, I'm going to run through the round five results from AFLW. Of course, we had a round four makeup game as well on Tuesday night. But first up on the Friday night lights, Geelong 4-3-27 defeated the West Coast Eagles 3-6-24. Really, really tense one there. That saw the Cats get their first win. Brisbane next 5-5-35 defeated Collingwood 1-5-11 in a real stamping of their credentials. We then had Melbourne 5-8-38 defeating the Gold Coast 4-2-26. The Western Bulldogs also got on the board with a result that saw them win 4-6-30 to Richmond's 1-7-13. Carlton then went down at home 1-6-12 to Adelaide's 7-9-51 and rounding out the round five results. North Melbourne 3-8-26 defeated Fremantle 2-4-16. Of course, that floater result in there as well. St Kilda 2-8-20 defeated by West Coast 2-10-22. So I'm going to get my breath back. I won't bore you with the ladder because we all know who the top six is there. But at least Geelong and West Coast, they broke their winless droughts. And, um, you know, West Coast went one and one I guess, uh, over the week. But it was good to see them, uh, I guess, break the duck for the year. Yeah, and both in very nail-biting circumstances. I, I was there last night at Trevor Buck and, and what an enthralling match. Despite the lack of straight kicking, it was just, you just didn't know who was going to win until that final siren went. So kudos to both. Geelong and West Coast for being able to hang on and win their respective matches and double kudos to West Coast because they went down in that nail biter on Friday night and then they've bounced back on the Tuesday and managed to get the win all while being on the road for how many weeks is it now something like three weeks so yeah they're back home soon yeah I believe they flew back last night yeah so yeah yeah awesome of course, our next talking point, Ali, um, you know, we, we see those teams get their first wins and it's all sort of happy-go-lucky, but what about St Kilda? Because they're still winless. Um, you know, they've shown a bit of fight in a couple of games, but where to now for the Saints? That is a good question. They were looking, they looked so promising against the Ds back in round three and then they had those enforced weeks off. Wasn't their choice? Well, I mean, no one... No, it's choice to get COVID, but it was not their fault. It's probably more the phrase I was looking for. Um, but yeah, it was frustrating at times to watch them last night. And no wonder the St Kilda fans are frustrated at the moment. My question is, why are they still not? Why have they not brought Kate McCarthy back? Because she would have been so useful in that match last night. She's a good, clean user of the ball, and she would have been brilliant. Uh, in that forward line, just at the feet of the likes of Kate Sheilor and Caitlin Graza. So if they spoiled a mark and or dropped it or whatever, McCarthy could have cleaned it up and had a shot. So, yeah, I think whether it's now or at the end of the season, there's going to be a lot of questions asked about the coach, coaches and just the whole method, for want of a better word. Um, 
the whole approach to the way St Kilda are doing things at the moment. Yeah, there's been a lot t- of questions asked. Yeah, I mean, they have lost their two best players essentially, or, or their best midfielders, and you know their spearhead Caitlin Grise has been in and out of the side, and you know not in great form. Um, so yeah, and, and as you say, Kate McCarthy, um, one of the more experienced members of that squad as well, um, not getting a gig. So interesting time for the Saints, but um, I guess on another negative note um, for Pies fans at least. Are they on the slide, Ali? Because we've seen back-to-back losses against Frio and Brisbane, obviously two contenders, and, and they started so well. Collingwood probably thought they were right up there in the top sort of two or three teams, but um, is this where they start sort of going a, a little bit down in that top six order? Yeah, this is an interesting one because they they were so good the first couple of rounds, but then they now they've had these two losses. But I guess you've got to remember that Frio and Brisbane are very much two of the contenders, two of the top sides. Combine that with they had to travel for the Brisbane game. Plus with the Frio game, most of the Collingwood players would have had to work during the day and then had go off and play because it was on the Thursday night. Whereas Frio have been in the hub and didn't necessarily have to do that. So I wouldn't be hitting panic stations yet, but I think this week's game will be telling. It's another another travel game, but it's against a much easier opponent in West Coast. So, I think depending on how they go this week, might ha- might ask me that question again next week. Yeah, well, I guess if they lose to West Coast, they definitely are on the slide. Um, no disrespect to the Eagles, of course. Good win on the weekend. Um, Carlton, my uh, my baggers had a another loss on the weekend, of course, to Adelaide, another really strong team. But it just seems that they keep coming up against the top six. So, of course, Collingwood in round one, they've had an away trip to Brisbane, uh, come up against North Melbourne, Adelaide, and and now they're going to travel to Fremantle with Melbourne to come as well. Is this the toughest draw in the AFLW, Alex? If not, definitely one of the toughest. This is probably more a question for you, but, yeah, that's that's not easy. But at the same time, if you want to be a, a good cont- like one of the contenders, you got to be... Every- you just got to beat everyone, no matter who it is, where you're playing, conditions, all that stuff. You just, you just got to win. Yeah, uh, if you want to be the best, you got to beat the best, of course. And um, yeah, I tend to agree. I think uh, if Carlton was really serious about making the top six, they probably would have knocked off one or two of those teams. Especially you look at Collingwood. Um, yeah, losing out to a couple of the top six. So interesting times, but going to move forward to round six with a, a preview and, and of course, your tips, Ali, because you're the expert. Um, on Friday night, we've got Gold Coast coming up against Geelong at Metricon Stadium. Um, the Suns went down after their consecutive wins and Gold Coast got their big break. So uh, who's going to get up here? Oh, I cannot wait for this game. That's going to be very interesting because Geelong are coming off a good win. Whereas Gold Coast... They'll be frustrated with how Saturday night's game ended up against the D's because they had a good fight back towards the end but just didn't get over the line. I think I've got to go Gold Coast just because it's at Metricon, the home ground advantage. Yeah, it's a good shout. I think I might go to the Suns as well to bounce back. Yeah, they've, uh, they've got a taste of winning and, um, yeah, I reckon that they'll be hungry again. Um, Saturday, starting off at Punt Road, we've got Richmond coming up against North Melbourne, of course, the Roos have really sort of stamped their authority. Uh, they lost to Adelaide earlier in the year, but they've been pretty flawless ever since. Um, Tigers, not so much. So how do you see this one going up? Yeah, this should be a very interesting one because North ended Freo's undefeated run, which is an easier said than done proposition. Whereas Richmond, 
They had quite the uh, injury carnage on the weekend with two out for the year, one's, one's a test and even the likes of KB might have some issues. So I think despite it being a home game for Richmond, I think I've got to tip North. They're much, much stronger side. Yeah, definitely. North Melbourne for me as well there. Um, Melbourne are next up at Casey Fields, their fortress, of course, against the GWS Giants. Um, I mean, I probably don't need to ask for a tip, but um, I'll ask this. Why will Melbourne win, in your opinion? (laughs) They know the conditions well. Casey is a very unique ground as compared to many other of the AFLW grounds. It's windy. It's... Yeah, it's not the easiest for opponents to, to come to and that's why that's why it's such a fortress for the Ds. It is good to see that this game's been moved to later in the day because one one ten uh conditions with thirty six degrees and no shade, it's just awful for all involved. So yeah, it should be an interesting game. GWS will be will be hungry, they will want to bounce back from there horrible performance against North. But yeah, I think my day's girls will just be too strong. And rounding out Saturday's fixtures, Fremantle against my Carlton Blues at Fremantle Oval, of course, making the trip there. Um, Blues have been struggling, if, struggling, excuse me. Is Fremantle going to bounce back this week against them? Sorry to say, but yes. They, they're going to be so annoyed that they, they lost that game to North. And the fact that it's at home for Freo as well plays into their favour a lot as well and I, I think I think the travel will also play a factor here as well because a lot not always but many many of the teams that have travelled this year have often lost so it'll be interesting to see where, whether that affects Carlton as well but yeah I've got a tip Freo. Yeah the trip west the toughest one in footy of course and Fremantle look um yeah, a pretty strong favourite to win there on Sunday, opening up the day. St Kilda and Brisbane at Trevor Barker Oval. Of course, the Saints we've spoken about before, they struggled a little bit and Brisbane look pretty strong at the moment. So will the Lions get up again here? I think so. They're, they're back to their reigning premier selves despite that round one loss. And St Kilda, they're going to be annoyed with how last night's match finished because they were in it until the final siren. Just a few errant kicks into forward 50 was what cost them in the end, in my opinion. So hopefully for their sake, uh, they bring back Kate McCarthy because they're going to need her against, against Brisbane. But I still think Brisbane will be too strong. Yep, me too. Uh, next up, we've got West Coast and Collingwood in the other... Well, I guess, you know, they've got two teams from Victoria going west. That's the other game there after the Carlton one. So that one at Mineral Resources Park. Um West Coast off their win. Do you think that they knock off the Pies or the Pies snap their losing streak? This is going to be an interesting one because there's a lot of factors involved. On paper, this should be an easy win for the Pies. But they're coming off uh, two consecutive losses. They're going, to be, they're going to be very annoyed by that. Plus, West Coast with the confidence of, of their first win of the year, plus the travel factor... I don't. Yeah, it's not as straightforward as it would have originally been. In saying that, I'm still going to tip the pies. Yeah, I'm going to tip the pies as well. I think that one will be a little more straightforward than you put it. <laughs> but the last game, of course, in the round will be Adelaide taking on the Western Bulldogs at Norwood Oval. Another 
of these AFLW fortresses out there at the parade. Um, do you see Adelaide winning again or will the doggies sort of uh, keep their momentum going? Yeah, it was a good win by the dogs on the weekend, but Adelaide is just flawless. Like, how do you fault them? So, and especially the fact that it's at Norwood, which is Adelaide's fortress. I don't know how many games they've win at, won in a row. They're off the top of my head, but it it is plenty. So, yeah, I can't see the dogs winning this one. Neither can I, to put it bluntly. Um that rounds out our AFLW chat with Elise. We'll have you back, of course, later to talk VFLW, but we'll take a short break and get Peter Williams in the mix to talk all things Sandful W, so stay tuned for that. All right, I'm now joined by Chief Editor of Rookie Me Central, Peter Williams, to talk all things Sandful W. Of course, we saw round one over the weekend. Pete, must have been a pretty exciting time for you. Yeah, no, it was great to have it back, you know. I, I really enjoyed watching all the games and they always offer something different and it was particularly great to see the, the new crop of youth coming through and making their league debuts and, of course, the development uh, league, if you like, uh, starting up. So lots of chances for a lot of different players. I'll run you through the results before Pete and I go through some of the talking points out of round one. Of course, first up, we had Norwood 2-2-14 defeated comprehensively by Glenelg 13-9-87. The Bays getting off to a ripper start there. West Adelaide next up 6-4-40 defeated North Adelaide 4-11-35. So both the grand finalists from last year getting good wins. We then had Central District 4-3-27 defeated by South Adelaide, who were apparently going through a rebuild, 10-13 at 73. And last up, the Woodville was Torrens Eagles 2-8-20 defeated by Sturt 7-8-50. So um, that brings the ladder looking something like this. Glenelg in first, then followed by fellow winners South Adelaide, Sturt and West Adelaide. Of course, on the flip side, North Adelaide, Eagles, Centrals and Norwood round out the eight. So... By the looks of it, Pete, Glenelg are the team to beat. Yeah, no, they haven't really, uh, you know, changed too much despite losing uh, some players around the place either to retirement or maybe some others that have uh, stepped up. Uh, in saying that, Brooke Tony got drafted, came back to the club and kicked six goals uh, in round one after playing as a defender wing. So the fact she's taken it to another level is a bit ridiculous again. She's had a fantastic season and... Then there's a couple of players there that I just thought, um, you know, Glenelg have really started to develop those players. Sarah Goodwin's playing the Brook Tonin role, so that almost halfback, um, bit behind the ball, push up to the wing, uh, and really run and gun it. She's a beautiful kick of the ball. She um, played a fair bit of time last year in the midfield, but she's really sort of developed her game. She's having more of an impact more regularly, like within the four quarters. So that was fantastic. And Piper windows are one of the top talents for next year's draft. And um, she's taken her game to another level. So um, yeah, both of them were fantastic. And the usual suspects, Jess Bakes, Ellie Kellogg, uh, Tessa Cohn again, like Glenelg just have so much quality across the park. But yeah, Brooke Tonin six goals in the second half was a massive talking point And, you know, one of the keys to the game. Yeah, we love Brooke Tonin here at Rookie Me Central, of course. South Adelaide has traditionally been a pretty strong team and this year they were sort of, I guess, rumoured or, or said to be going through a bit of a rebuild, but they ended up beating Central District by 46 points. So what happened? Yeah, it was it was very interesting when I saw the scores because this was one game I had to look at later um, and you sort of see the full-time scores and think they've blown them away. 
Uh, it was actually quite interesting because Central District were right up in this game until early in the third. They got within five points, and you thought, oh, the momentum's coming. I mean, if you hadn't seen the full-time score, obviously, but, um, yeah, I was like, oh, yeah, they're coming. The, they're going to run over the top of them. And then all of a sudden, it just sort of changed, and, and the Panthers got a goal after having a, a bit of a drought from kicking a goal after the getting a heap early. Uh, and then, yeah, all of a sudden, they kind of piled on seven of the next eight and, and ran away with it. So... Uh, it was really, really impressive. Uh, there's quite a few good players there. Jess Waterhouse, uh, the cousin of Clive, she had a fantastic game, kicked uh, 3-3. Shay Archbold is one to keep an eye on. She's an 06 prospect, really dynamic forward, strong overhead, clean, nimble, uh, elite left foot. She's just fantastic. Uh, and, yeah, South Adelaide, the, the whole time I'm looking at this going, they might have lost the midfield because they've lost a fair few to... Uh, you know, maternity, apparently four, four girls are pregnant or uh, in maternity at the moment, according to coach uh, Rick Watts, and they lost another player to an ACL. So they they were fully expecting to go through a rebuild. And to be fair to Central District, I, I love the way they play, but they're not quite at the same level as, a you know, a Glenelg or a West or even a North. So it's going to be interesting to see what South uh, do from here when they play those teams because, yeah, as we, as we know, Rick Watts said they were sort of going through a traditional rebuild this year, which maybe that just means coming fifth or, or something like that. But they certainly were impressive on the weekend. And, I mean, in saying that, Central District were pretty good for the most part, but, again, they just had that fade out, which sort of happened a little last year at times. So... Um, the score wasn't as bad as it looks, but yeah, it was just that bit of a fade out and, and they'll be wanting to sort of turn that around if you like, because I think they will be, they'll come good. They've got a new coach. They've got to work all those structures out, but, um, yeah, it, it's going to be an interesting time for them. And West Adelaide, we saw them hold on against North. So what'd you make of that game, Pete? Yeah, that was quite an interesting one. West had 16 points on the board before North had even really got it inside 50. They were absolutely killing them. North started to build some momentum, came back, and then all of a sudden West kicked away. And, um, you know, they had a fair healthy lead at the the final break. It was basically 28 points, and it, um, you know, looked like it was done and dusted. And then all of a sudden North kind of started kicking a few goals. Hannah Ewing stepped up, kicked a couple, and... um, before you knew it, with a couple few minutes left, they were within five points, and everyone's sort of looking around, going, "Geez, they could actually uh, could actually win this." Because even even on the commentary, they were sort of mentioning that you know the game's over and and whatnot. But yeah, before anyone knew anything, they were right within striking distance. They ran out of time in the end. Uh, they were still attacking at the final sort of seconds of the game. But uh, yeah, full credit to West's defence. They've got obviously Beatrice Devlin back there, so she's really come in and and. Uh, stepped up for West Adelaide. Captain Matty Russell's been fantastic. Keely Kusterman as well. They've got a lot of quality defenders and, and they held up under immense pressure because um, North's new recruit, Jade DeMello, along with Ewings, uh, were really attacking hard. Jamie Norup looked really good as a, a tall up there. So they've got their options inside 50, but um, yeah, in the in the end, West managed to hold on. So, But it was a great game. Both these teams are going to be contenders. So looking forward to the, uh, the rematch later in the season. We saw some purple patches around the grounds, Pete, but Sturt had a really good one to break open the game. Of course, in the second term, they kicked about three goals in seven minutes. So tell us a little bit about how they did that. Yeah, it was it was really exciting uh, watching them. Uh, we know they've been really good defensively, and they showed that in the first term. Um, and they were just ahead, and you're waiting to see what would happen because there wasn't a heap uh, in terms of scoring early. Uh, and then just as the sort of first bounce literally was sort of happened, they got the clearance, went to Archbold, who sort of, I 
should say, sorry, not Archibald, India Rashid. I'll tell you why. They both have brilliant left foot, both under 16s. They're going to be very exciting over the next couple of years. But India Rashid basically turned around on the left boot and went bang. And yeah, within 30 seconds, they had a goal on the board. And then over the next seven minutes, they kicked another couple and suddenly they're out to four or five goal lead. And uh, then from there, Sturt went into Sturt mode and, and, you know, they've got the best defense going around like they did last year. Um, and they just locked right down and um, they were able to still get away with it at the end and, and add a few more. But yeah, that, that really showed the, how they've been able to add that offensive spark to their game. And uh, yeah, I, I really like the look of Rashid and, and their new midfield that they've sort of put in there. So um, yeah. And Jasmine Hewitt coming back in the ruck um, was incredible um, the Eagles had a lot of good youngsters, but yeah, it was, it was just too much. Uh, the Sturt midfield, they won it and then got it forward, and yeah, they were able to apply pressure all game. Sturt mode sounding like a bit of a Travis Scott song there. Um, lastly, we're going to touch, of course, we see you, Pete, doing your academy uh, watch each week for the Sample W, and I'll ask uh, so far in round one, um, who have you sort of kept an eye on, and, and who's impressed ahead of this, the under eighteen and under sixteen championships? Yeah, absolutely. Look, we saw last year that Lauren Young got the approval to play in the under-19s, despite only being that sort of 15 age bracket. Um, I'm not sure whether they'll be allowed to do that again because uh, there's quite a few who would make it straight into the team for South Australia because they've got a bunch of under-16s that are really looking very, very good. Uh, as I sort of mentioned before, India Rashid, Shay Archbold, both those, you know, nicely sized forwards are sort of, you know, 170 plus forwards that just have that elite left foot so damaging in the air and, and at ground level and can hit it from anywhere. Uh, they're a couple to keep an eye on. Uh, I know Lucy Boyd's one that's really highly touted. Didn't go completely her way on the weekend, but showed some signs. Uh, and, and then you've got Violet, Pat, Violet Patterson uh, out of Glenelg, who is another 06er, who's a potential Collingwood father-daughter, uh, daughter of Stephen. She's one who played a little off halfback sort of wing uh, region, and she was able to sort of move the ball in transition. Still got a few little things to, to work on that sort of composure, but moving out of the stoppages, she did really well. Um, and then from a top-age perspective, it's hard to look past Hannah Ewings, who was coming back from a ankle injury that knocked her out of last season uh, and the champs as well. So she came back and after a sort of slow start, sort of started forward, then went into the midfield and just, yeah, really started to dominate. Um, you know, had eight sort of clearances, six inside fifties, a uh, couple of goals in the last quarter, almost got her team over the line. She was just fantastic. Um, but Sarah Goodwin's one who I think will be the bolter or the Brooke Tonin. She's playing her role and I think she'll be the Brooke Tonin of 2022 because she's really uh, impressed in round one against quality opposition playing that um, behind the ball kind of role um, and great skills able to you know use it so well and, and time it uh, with her with perfection and, and read the ball in the air so she's someone to keep an eye on and of course from a bottom age perspective uh, Shania Goody's one you'll hear a lot more about um, I sort of said to her coach Narelle Smith that uh, if Lauren Young hadn't done what Lauren Young did last year a lot more people I think would be talking about Shania Goody Unfortunately, Young's out for the year, but I, I think that Goody will be one at the championships that really catches the eye. She's very, um, very silky with her ball movement like and her um, uh, use by hand. She's got that wonderful sort of 20-meter handball she can execute to open up space, and she's able to play anywhere. She wins the ball in all thirds, so I think she's going to be someone that's talked up this year, uh, as well as Piper Window, who's gone to another level on the inside at Glenelg. So, yeah, there's quite a few that are really impressing across the board. And um, 
just a couple at the end, Georgia McKee and, and Dakota Williams out of Centrals. Both of them uh, showed some really promising signs, great ball users and uh, damaging forward to centre. Money gets you an oxygen tank um, after that wrap-up, but that, of course, gets round one out of the way. We're going to talk about round two with our previews and tips on Friday night. We see West Adelaide taking on the West uh, Woodville West Torrens Eagles. I need an oxygen tank as well. Um, that one's at Hisense Stadium at 8 p.m. So, Pete, um, how do you see it going down? Yeah, I think you've got to go with West here. You know, that they looked very, very good against North. They were challenged and held on. Eagles are still building, got some talented young players. They lost a few to COVID protocols, unfortunately, which didn't help, including Captain Annie Falkenberg, who's quality through that midfield. They'll be better for that. They'll be stronger in the midfield, but I still think that West will just be too strong, got too much depth. So, yeah, West for me. We've got three games on Saturday, uh, headlined or kicked off at least by Central District coming up against Norwood at X Convenience Oval. That one at 12.50pm in case you want to tune in. So um, how's it going to go down? Yeah, well, these these are the bottom two sides at the moment, which I wouldn't have predicted coming into round two. But um, yeah, it's, it's going to be quite interesting because Norwood really, after the first quarter, even then, it was kind of like they didn't really get going. And uh, not sure how they'll go. This will be a, an easier run for them than Glenelg because Glenelg are going to struggle to be beaten. Um, Central District, I think, played better as a whole. Um, so I probably will go with them at home. Um, but Norwood will be pretty hungry because they start the season really well usually. So they'll be wanting to bounce back. But I'll go with Central District uh, in this case. We've got a case of South versus North at Flinders University Stadium at 6pm. A couple of night games, of course, on Saturday. So... Will the Panthers kick on or will North get on the board here? Well, I don't think you can call it a rebuild if uh, if you do beat North because North are an absolute quality lineup, and And if they do beat them, then this is fantastic work by Rick Watts um, because, yeah, I think North just have absolutely outstanding players across the board. South's forward line, absolutely love it. Um, but North's, yeah, North have players in each third of the ground that I think are just going to be a bit too strong. Um, and yeah, this will be a step up from their central district clash because while central sort of can uh, fade in and out at times, uh, such as their young team, North have that experience. They're not going to sort of fade out. You have to beat them. And I think that North will just have a bit too much about them. The forwards won't quite have as much space as they had last week. So yeah, I'm going to go with North. And rounding out the fixtures for round two, of course, Sturt and Glenelg, the reigning premiers in action once more at Thebberton Oval at 6pm. Looking forward to watching them again? Yeah, like this is actually a really exciting game. I wouldn't have uh, picked it last year because, you know, Sturt playing defensively, Glenelg able to sort of really just blow teams apart. And look, it could well happen here, but... I'm excited to see this because, in my opinion, it's sort of the, the best attack up against the best defensive side. Um, and, yeah, they, they're going to lock horns here. Uh, it'll be interesting to see whether uh, Brooke Tonin uh, plays uh, or whether she's got the call up to Adelaide um, after six goals. But I think that Glenelg uh, will, will be too strong. I think they're going to be too hard um, to beat across the board. But um, I think this will be fantastic for Sturt to get a test. You always want to play against the benchmark team, and Glenelg certainly that. But I, I think the Bays will be a bit too strong here. All right, thanks, Pete, for your wrap-up of all things Sample W. Of course, we're going to take another break, let Pete catch his breath, let me catch my breath, and then we're going to jump into all the VFLW action now that the fixtures drop for round one. All right, we're back, and... Uh Elise is back as well with me, of course, our women's football analyst. So we can turn our attention to the VFLW. And as I live and breathe, we have a fixture. So we're going to talk about the games coming up. 
We know where they're being played. We know what time they're being played. So incredible stuff here from AFL Vic. First up, Elise, your Casey Demons coming up against Port Melbourne at Casey Fields at 10.30 a.m. on Saturday. Uh, pretty pumped to see them go out there finally. It should be an absolute cracker. Two very even sides. The Borough will be frustrated with how their, their 2021 season ended because they went from 7-0 and to losing their first final. So, yeah, I think it should be a very even game. Casey, on the other hand, will also be frustrated with how their season ended because it was a nail-biter against the Bombers, but one 50-meter penalty. Yeah, they always say it's a coach killer and it's a season killer too. So, yeah, I can't wait. It should be a good game. Indeed. Uh, who are you t- uh, picking in that one? Oh, should have a tip, shouldn't I? Um, I think I'm going to go Casey just because... It was Casey who actually ended the Burroughs undefeated run last year. I think it'll be a very close game, but I'm still going to tip the days. I'm going to go for Port just because I know they're fast starters. You alluded to there, 7-0 to start their maiden campaign in the VFLW. So I think they'll come out strongly as well here. Got the two standalone teams, Ali Darabin and Williamstown, going head-to-head at La Trobe Uni in Bandura at 11 a.m., of course, I was at this game last year, pretty much identical fixture. Um, and it was an entertaining one, low scoring. Do you think it's going to be the same sort of game here, a bit of a scrap? Yeah, I think so. Despite what it might look like on paper, I, I also think this one will be a cracker because two, two very even sides. And as bad as this is going to sound, this this is one of the best opportunities, opportunities rather all season for either side to get a win. And they will want to start their both their seasons off in the most positive way they can. So, yeah, I'm not expecting a high score up, but I'm definitely expecting a close one. Yeah, me too. I'm going to take Williamstown. What about you? Yeah, I think I've got to go to the Seagulls as well. All right, we're going to head to the hangar next out at Tullamarine at 12.30 to see Essendon take on the Western Bulldogs. Of course, Essendon um, won their first final last year, um, had a really successful campaign overall, and they're coming into the AFLW next year. So are they going to uh, come out with a lot of vigour here, you think? Yeah, this should be an interesting one because Essendon have got a number of, of key new recruits, including one Danielle Marshall, whereas the Bulldogs... Bulldogs should get their skipper Riley Chris Gogel back, which which will be very handy for them. But at the same time, yeah, it is at the hangar. I think I've got to tip the Bombers. I think they'll just be a bit better. But, yeah, it'll be interesting to see which way it goes. Bit of a Danielle Marshall Cup feel about it, given that's her old side as well. <laughs> I um, hadn't thought about that. I am going to also go with the Bombers because they are quite a strong side. I think they'll be pretty pumped for round one. And rounding out Saturday's fixtures, though, um, out at Deakin University, Warren Ponds, Geelong coming up against Carlton at 2 o'clock p.m. Um, interesting one here. Geelong, of course, one of the premier sides last year. Um, well, ended up second if we look at it in a traditional ladder sense, but without that finals opportunity. So do you think they'll be too strong for the Blues? Yeah, it should, it should be another interesting one. Um, Geelong had a great year last year, despite how their AFLW girls went. And I think, yeah... They'll be annoyed that they weren't given the opportunity to try and knock Collingwood off. Um, and, yeah, I think they'll just be too strong for, for your Blues girls. I agree. Um, on Sunday, February 13, we've got North Melbourne against Hawthorne at Arden Street early in the morning, 9.30. Um, 
and then we've got a 10 o'clock game after that. So, um, <laughs> but the Hawks and Roos, who are you taking there? Yeah, it should be an interesting one. Both both around the same mark last year. Uh, Hawthorne have lost a lot of experience, though, because because the legend Meg Hutchins herself has finally retired. Never thought I'd see the day, if I'm being perfectly honest. But, I think, yeah, I think North will just be too strong in this one. Yeah, I'm going to take North as well there. Um, bit of an up-and-down team last year, but at their best, they were pretty solid. Um, lastly, Collingwood against the Southern Saints. Of course, the reigning premiers... Um, what two, three times over? Um, <laughs> they yeah. they were undefeated last year. Um, how much of a, a fight will uh, the Southern Saints rather be able to bring to them at Victoria Park? Yeah, it should be an interesting one. It's weird. You're not quite not quite sure what to refer to Collingwood as, but I guess they're the tec- technically the reigning premiers three times over. But yeah, they they are they are the team to beat. They were so dominant last year. They was. They were just so impressive. So, yeah, Saints have got a bit of a tough one first up. But, yeah, I've got to tip the pies. All right, a question without notice. Which one of these is your game of the round? Where would you go if you had one ground to go to? Ooh, despite what it might look like on paper, I'd either be at Casey Fields or Latrobe because mm-hmm. I think they will be the, the most even games of the round or maybe Arden Street. So she's picked out half the games. Well, <laughs> well, fair enough. I, that that goes to show, Ali, it, it is going to be a very good first round of VFLW football, right? Yep. Can't wait. Awesome. All right. That wraps up our show for today, of course, with a bit of State League action and AFLW talk. We'll have our usual coverage over on central.rookieme.com slash AFL for all the teams and players mentioned, of course, um, the seasons are new, they're fresh. We're going to have content for a long, long time this year, so make sure you keep an eye out and that you're following us on all of the social media channels Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at Draft Central Oz, AUS. Uh, of course, thank you to Peter Williams and Elise Collette, my guests today. I've been your host, Michael Alvaro. Thanks for listening. Hope you tune in next time. <laughs>